0: WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com.
1: The end of the 2015 General Assembly. What are the big accomplishments? The beginning of the 2016 campaign for governor. Who's in? The Rifra legacy, the stadium bill that failed, and a primary election preview. That plus winners and losers and more on Indiana Week in Review for the week ending May 1, 2015.
2: Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. AT&T. Working to enhance connectivity
3: in Indiana by investing in communication networks. Dedicated to helping Hoosier businesses grow and consumers succeed both at home and at work. AT&T. Rethink Possible.
1: This week, the 2015 session of the Indiana General Assembly ended with the passage of a new two-year state budget. Lawmakers celebrated the accomplishment after a vote that beat the deadline in the House by about a minute. Republicans who wrote the budget say that it has historic increases for funding to schools, but Democrats argued that 137 school districts will actually lose money. Here's Republican Tim Brown followed by Democrat Greg
3: Porter we live within our means we mean that we protect taxpayers we have adequate reserves we have a structural surplus and we plan for the future
2: the governor said this is going to be an educational session unfortunately ladies and gentlemen devolved into a refer- reference session and now from the budget that we present today it's going to be a RIF session
1: was the 2015 General Assembly successful? It's the first question for our Indiana Week in Review panel, Democrat Ann Delaney, Republican Mike McDaniel, John Schwannis, the host of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger, president of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. I'm WISH-TV Statehouse reporter Jim Shella. Ann Delaney, are the Democrats sore losers?
0: No, they're actually telling it the way it is. I mean, the, quote, historical increases amount to 2%, okay, after, after the dramatic cuts under the previous administration. But what they don't want you to know is where that money goes. It doesn't just go to education. When you take the virtual schools, the charter schools, and the vouchers, and you add them together with their most optimistic uh, prognostications of enrollment, you have 8% of the total student body of the state of Indiana. They're getting a third of that $474 million, a third. And those 137 school districts, they're going to lose $500 million over the two years. So that is not a victory for education by any way. One of the
1: more interesting things that went on this week is that the governor made several trips up to the third floor, where at this time of the year you usually see lawmakers going to him. One of the reasons he came up there was to try to get more money for charter schools and he didn't get what he wanted.
4: Well, I, first of all, this was a great session for education, a record amount of money spent on education. And despite what Ann said, charter schools and virtual schools are education. <laughs> we now spend 64% of the state's budget on education when you add K-12 through and higher ed together. It is a record amount. We're spending more on education now than ever before in the history of Indiana. And as far as the governor coming upstairs, I think that has to do with the fact that he was a legislator in Congress for a long time. He respects the idea that these folks are the ones that have to do the job. And so he made the trip up to see them to say, this is what I want, this is what I need. And he got most of everything he asked for when he started this so session. It wasn't but, because mm. they
0: wouldn't come downstairs. No. And you know the other the, the thing to remember about that is with your charter schools and they're all it's I don't know what virtual education is. I don't even you know. You don't. No, I don't it's because online. I don't know who's going to be on the other end of that computer. Who's going to be on the other end of that computer taking yeah. the test? How are you going to verify any of that? But, but the point is that eight percent of the student population gets a third of the money. And that and, and the poorer schools with the kids with trouble from poor backgrounds and special ed get killed. A half
4: a billion dollar they increase. Get killed. Wait a minute. Special ed was increased for the first time in The school years.
0: districts that are dealing <laughs> the with special that. Special ed was increased the, for the first the, time in that years are de- the school districts dealing with that are cut five hundred million over <laughs> two years.
1: With, with the exception maybe of charter schools, the governor seemed to get most of his agenda.
3: Yeah, I was uh, actually kind of surprised by that. He's bailed it out at the end of every session that uh, that he's had so far, all three times. Uh, you hear the grousing among the legislature. You hear uh, people saying, well, it doesn't look very good for the governor. And then when the budget's passed, he, he got nearly everything he looked for uh, in the budget this year.
5: He really did. The only uh, thing I think, if you look at it, uh, and there were some quibbling about amounts, but if you look at, you know, say he wanted, Fifteen hundred or two thousand, and for a certain credit, he gets five hundred. But that still enables him to put the check mark in that's the right. in the, on the easel there when he's got the uh, Did we accomplish it? And that's been something he's done successfully from the very first day. Remember, he came out with a, a tax cut proposal that he only got half of it, but. He was able. This was that's back right. his well, first session. You also session. have
4: to remember that they said you're going to have two, a lot less money at the start. Of the well, he, than they thought but to
5: but to, to John's point, I, I think uh, a lot of people were surprised how much he got. The only thing he wanted funding for two new prisons, and as far as uh, he didn't get that, but that's really about the only thing that was a goose egg when, uh, on well, the chart. He wanted
1: more money for roads, and you know, he got two hundred million. Well, he did get yeah, more. again. It's that notion of that, the, the degree million that came out of the forecast. They right, took out of the roads million. budget. Right.
0: right. But I just want to know when he puts the easel up. Is he going to put Rifra up or is he going to put the fix up? Or is he going to put both up with the check marks? I'm just just
1: curious. We're going to get to that in in just a minute. (laughs) The end of the General Assembly signals the beginning of the 2016 campaign for governor. Democrat John Gregg didn't wait long, releasing a web video the next day declaring his candidacy for governor in 2016. He hopes to take on Republican Mike Pence in a rematch of the 2012 race. But there was a lot of 2016 talk at the Statehouse as another Democrat, Glenda Ritz, announced that once the school year ends, she will consider a bid for governor.
0: But after that, I'm going to sit down with my family and determine
1: what is best for the children and the families in Indiana. Um, and I'll, I'll give you more information about that in June.
2: I'll be a governor who stays focused on education and rebuilding Indiana's economy. We've been certainly preparing to seek re-election over the last two years. and. Uh, But I will tell you that uh, uh, the morning after the session of the General Assembly, uh, um, my focus is on um, uh, completing the work.
1: And that's the governor indicating that he has given up thoughts of higher office in 2016. Mike McDaniel, what do you make of John Gregg's timing? Uh, The annual
4: Democrat State Dinner is, I think this evening. Friday I'm evening. sure he wanted to get his announcement in before he goes to that, coming off the heels of the session, and before he goes to that so he can block, potentially block, others from showing interest in the governor's race. I'm sure that had a lot to do with his timing. Uh, and John will be a formidable opponent. There's no question about that. There are others who are talking about it. Glenda Ritz, uh, clearly her name ID's up compared to what it was, but... A statewide campaign is a whole different animal for her in this kind of environment. Uh, Her handlers don't let her get into much detail about much of anything. I can't imagine her over the life of a campaign for a statewide campaign for governor.
1: Do you take Glenda Ritz seriously? Oh,
0: I take Glenda Ritz seriously. I mean, I think it's uh, in large part frustration. The voters elected her to set education policy for the state of Indiana, and the governor and the legislature have undermined her at every turn, trying to... uh, uh, Basically, prevent her from doing her job. What she needs but is a governor who will allow her to do what the voters selected her to do, but she's and that's likely what the to Republicans want. More support
1: at. running for re-election in Well, the, that's
0: obviously governor, right? the case because she's yeah. because she's done a good job in absolutely impossible circumstances. But I mean, Karen Tallians, Senator Karen Tallian's mentioned uh, uh, the possibility, as so is the minority leader Scott Peloff, and there'll be others. The, the field is hardly full yet, and there's. Right? Pickings on the other side.
4: You keep saying it's not full yet. Do you really think there are going to be more than this thing? That are yeah. actually going to go yeah. to the post?
0: Yeah.
3: I'd okay. Well,
4: a, a,
1: a, a competitive least, Democratic primary?
0: I, I think that there will be more interest expressed in that. I don't uh, know yet whether we're going to – no, I'm serious. I don't know whether it gets to a everybody primary Everybody wants or not. to be
1: mentioned. I mean, yeah. No, 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 no. 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 I think there the are post. people
0: seriously thinking of running. The question is, by the time the primary comes, how many are in yeah. there? I don't know. Right.
1: John, what do you make of the fact that John Gregg did what Hillary Clinton did, uh, releasing a video to announce his campaign rather than holding a news conference? It's, it's a way to, to manage the message. Is
3: that the idea? Well, I think that's a big part of it. But I think also he took to heart some of the criticism that he got in the last campaign for not taking it seriously enough. Uh, there were no jokes. There, were, there was none of that in, in this announcement. And he was able to control that. Uh, It was also largely an attack on Mike Pence. What would you expect? I mean, he's looking for a rematch. Uh, He's got a credible case to to field that rematch. He's getting out early because if he doesn't, he loses his opportunity. And you would expect him to come on the offensive and be very aggressive. So I thought, uh, on the whole, it was a very effective announcement and, you know, whatever script he's following, I think he's taken the criticism to heart and it'll be interesting to see how this goes forward.
1: All right back up a few weeks and uh, we heard mike pence say a number of times as as folks were asking if he was going to run for president that that he would let us know after the end of the general assembly what his plans were just i just did well i was very <laughs> amused by that answer because he he made it real clear that that the only option he's considering is re-election
5: well i think the uh... the circumstances made the decision rather uh, easy for him uh... as we've discussed uh... before he And I'll give him credit. By the time uh, Rifra got to his desk, there were really no good options for him politically.
1: It was too late by then. It was
5: too late. Uh, It should have been uh, sent off to study, uh, you know, study committee pastors prior to that. But because at that point, either he had to alienate uh, the Republican primary base or general election voters and now now or or, or or both, both, which which as it turns out, probably uh, he succeeded. So. So whether, I don't think you
1: even needed to ask the question at this point. It was, it, was, it was a fait accompli just based on circumstances. Time now for viewer feedback. Each week we pose an unscientific online poll question in conjunction with our Ice Miller email and text alerts. This week's question, what should Glenda Ritz run for? Your choices are A, governor, B, reelection, or C, nothing. Last week's question, do you support needle exchanges? 76% said yes, 15% said no, 9% said only in Scott County. If you'd like to take part in the poll, go to WFYI.org IWIR and look for the poll. Uh, this session will be remembered as the RIFRA session, the passage of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and then a follow-up bill that protects gays and lesbians from discrimination in communities where local ordinances are in place could have a lasting effect on the Indiana economy. After the celebration ended, the controversial bill signing at the end of March was a big part of the analysis of this General Assembly. The refer signing included some activists who encouraged discrimination, and it sparked a national firestorm and a boycott of Indiana by some. Democrats believe more needs to be done to repair the state's reputation. Minority Leader Scott Pilaf. It makes our best and brightest young people want to leave indiana it discourages our best and brightest in the nation from moving here and those people are our economic future
2: you know as as governor of the state i wish i could have foreseen the controversy that would have ensued nobody saw that coming no one who's dealt with this issue in the past has ever
3: been hit like that it was a very well orchestrated kind of a nuking of
1: indiana And that Senate GOP leader David Long, uh, preceded by the governor, John Ketzenberger. Will this issue fade?
3: Uh, No, it will not fade. It will only gain momentum. Uh, And we've seen that over uh, time. Uh, The the, the yard signs are becoming more numerous. Uh, And I think that uh, the longer and the more that the legislative leaders want to say that they couldn't see this coming, uh, it's going to be revealed that, While they couldn't have anticipated the intensity of the opposition, uh, this was not an orchestrated campaign. This was an organic reaction to, I think, first the bill and then the governor's performance on national television and then the legislature's inability to get out in front of it the very next day. Um, So I think that the legislature is going to find itself... Uh, dealing with these questions as the election draws near next year, too. So I think this is only going to build in momentum, and they're going to have to find a way to address that. So, well, uh, go ahead. Just,
5: so this reaction came about largely because of the absence of an orchestrated effort earlier in the process. You know, we talked about that in, what, December, when some other states were dealing with this, and Senator Schneider indicated that this was a bill that uh, he would be bringing forth. And, and uh, I think the consensus here was, well, you haven't seen a mobilization of opposition yet, as we did, for instance, last year with the opposition to the to the proposed constitutional amendment banning same-sex marriage, because people didn't think it was actually going to go anywhere. So, part of the fault uh, in terms of this notion that it wasn't the the reaction wasn't orchestrated, but and certainly the the attempt to uh, to get it derailed
1: was almost non-existent until it was uh, until it was too late. You know, everything that was said about the state budget really was pretty much lost on the, on the public. It, it, the state budget didn't become part of the, the, the debate here until the last couple of days. To what degree going forward does the RIFRA debate overshadow all of the other well, accomplishments?
4: There's no question that it has overshadowed the other accomplishments. And there's going to be a major fight going on over the next month to try to grab the public's attention about what they did accomplish. And they did accomplish a lot of good things but it's lost in that because of that particular issue early in the session. This issue is not going to go away. As I said on here the week after it happened, uh, they need to deal with it. And they need to deal with it sooner
1: rather than later. And, and what you're they saying is they it. need to pass statewide and protections uh, I'm,
4: for I'm gays said and lesbians? And right after it happened, I still believe that. And, and, it's no, and, and again, I would make the argument that it's not that much different than what they did with the fix. And so to to Mm -hmm. to to wait now, and and continue to wait uh, much beyond. You know, if they don't deal with it next session, I think it's going to build momentum
1: going into the campaign. It'll be a huge the election issue. And,
4: and I think it's a mistake if they
1: don't. Well, and so this week, uh, David Long is already on record saying that, that he'll entertain the debate next year. Brian Bosma was asked if there would be a debate right. on, on protections in the House, and he said we're going to put that off to a later date.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a mistake. It's clearly a mistake, because this isn't a nuking of Indiana. You know, we should change the uh, license plates to say, welcome to Indiana, the uh, state of self-inflicted wounds. That's what this was. They thought that they could appeal to their base and say, okay, well, we may have legalized uh, marriage for gays, but, you know, we can still discriminate against them. We can get away with this. We have supermajorities. We can get it through. And they got caught, and they didn't have enough sense to fix it and they deserve to have the repercussions. Nobody theory. thought yeah, that
4: they well, were. Democratic leaders.
0: Eric Everybody Miller did certainly did. Eric That's Miller. The, Eric Miller was one of the chief of proponents. proponents one of the chief proponents. But voted for that. No more this
5: thought. Stays that on the radar they didn't. They didn't John, listen, Because then. Democratic John. lawmakers and leaders will see to it that it stays. It's the best thing they got going. The best red meat right. issue. But beyond that, even it's if not they... The best even, issue. well, I know common construction wage, but it is uh, a good issue. But
0: how about how about income?
5: I like but But even if they didn't raise a finger. Yeah. It's still going to be on the radar screen because look what's happening elsewhere. The Supreme Court this week had oral arguments on the issue. They'll be coming forth with decisions. It's, it's being litigated uh, in related issues uh, in terms of same-sex marriage and discrimination in other yeah. jurisdictions. Yeah. You can't get away from the headlines. This is going to be an ongoing issue. And the Attorney
0: General has withdrawn from that litigation.
1: He, he did not file a brief in the arguments that took place before the U.S. Supreme Court. Greg Zeller did not. All right, moving on. The Indiana 11 soccer team was a loser in the General Assembly. The team's hope for government help in building a new stadium ended when the session did. The House and Senate passed two different versions of a bill that would have allowed the team to use taxes generated at a newer, remodeled stadium and a downtown hotel to help pay for the facility. Team
3: President Peter Wilt. We need to reassess. We need to see uh, where we are and what the opportunities are going forward. You know, as we have been all along, we're open-minded uh, to the process, and we're certainly uh, looking at uh, returning to the state next year and trying again.
1: John Schwannis, what killed the stadium,
5: Bill? Uh, a couple things. You know, initially the thought was this 20 or $25 million the state could put up front would be to... Re- revitalize, renovate, renovate uh, Carroll Stadium there on the IUPUI campus, and then it became clear, at least according to IU, uh, IU officials, that this needs to be a tear-down, uh, rebuild uh, proposition, which, which, 50
1: to 60 million which brought price the price
5: tag me. much further. Beyond that, I think lawmakers always want to see uh, anybody who's coming to uh, them with hands out. They want to see, you know, How are you, uh, what's your stake in this? Are are we the ones uh, bearing the risk, or do you have skin in the game as well? And I think, uh, you know, some people felt maybe that there wasn't sufficient uh, uh,
1: commitment or or participation on the part of the team. And so they're talking about coming back next year, but it's not a budget session. Uh, In all likelihood, uh, they're going to have trouble getting meaningful state support until at least seventeen.
3: I think that's right and uh, we have to remember uh, and we have thought this all along, they were a lot further along on the the timeline than I think anybody anticipated they would be. These things don't happen overnight. Um, Two years and to get right to the brink this year is pretty impressive actually. So I think they've made a lot of inroads and there's a lot of thought being put to this. I think the right combination of factors uh, hasn't been reached yet uh, but the potential is very much there for it to happen. Uh, we saw some interesting wrinkles this year. I'm sure we'll see some more. I think that, that the one thing uh, people need to look out for or pay attention to is we've had this concentration of athletic facilities in downtown, uh, and I think that there's a very real possibility that this may find a home in the, in the suburbs, particularly in Westfield or Fishers, with some of the developments that have been going up there. So that's something to keep an eye on. Was this a productive debate?
0: Oh, I think John's right. I think they advanced their cause. The problem is mm-hmm. I think they have to put skin in the game. I mean, I, I think it's good to use tax money for that purpose, but not exclusively. If they are gonna, mm-hmm. if they want it, they're going to have to ante up some money to help get it to reality. And
1: part of the lesson here is that lawmakers think they gave uh, the Colts too good a deal with Lucas Oil Stadium, right?
4: Yeah, I'm not sure that's part of this argument. Uh, I don't think they feel that way at all. Uh, I think they did advance their cause dramatically. I mean, this is not looked upon now as just in indianapolis or central indiana they've they've brought some legislators on from other parts of the state that i never thought would go for something like this mm-hmm. but the difference became when they went from a standalone stadium elsewhere to moving it to iupui campus and then doing a renovation of the existing facilities that's a huge difference in what you're trying to accomplish here and they just couldn't work it out but they have advanced their cause but i think you're looking to the next budget session to get anything
1: done There's a primary election next week, and one of the hottest races is the one for mayor in Carmel. Jim Brainerd is trying to win his sixth term. He faces a challenge from city council president Rick Sharp. The biggest issue in the campaign is the city's debt. An organization called the Constitutional Patriots claims the city has a billion-dollar debt. Brainerd says that's not true. His office puts the number at $590
4: Our debt is reasonable. That's why we have a double A plus credit rating. It's important to recognize out of the $550 million of principal that only 3% of that is paid by residential property tax.
3: I think people are focusing a lot more on the concept of the debt and the fact that the current uh, structure for handling that debt by this administration is to kick the can down the road 12 to 15 years. And that's Rick Sharp. Mike
1: McDaniel, is Brainerd in trouble?
3: I just don't think so. Um,
4: it, it, of course, anytime you're trying to run for a sixth term, I don't care who you are. <laughs> yeah. somebody, you're going somebody to pick ask up somebody along the way that you made <laughs> mad. but uh, No, I think the people of Carmel are excited about where that city has come over time and what they're doing there, and they like the amenities that have been developed. And uh, they may you know, question how some of the financing has been done, but I tell you this, they like what they've built there, and yeah. I'd be Stunned if he lost his primary.
1: Is this the biggest story on election day?
0: <laughs> what if he loses? That would be a big story if he it loses. Would,
1: it, it's, but it, it's we're coming there up are, on a primary election that's gone pretty much unnoticed. Well, to this you know,
0: point. <laughs> when you when you redistrict and you gerrymander, that's what happens. These are municipal and they were redistricted, weren't they? You know, you're
1: talking about the city county council. City county here. council here. So, okay. Uh, what are you looking for statewide? Anything?
3: No. I think this is the biggest story and. Uh, uh, I, You know, I, like Mike, would be very surprised, but 24 years is a long time, and uh, you pick up a lot of detractors along the way. No matter how satisfied they are, you have to hope that the people who are satisfied outnumber those who may be motivated by dissatisfaction.
5: Well, and it's it's a cliche, but it's true. I mean, turnout, it, we've seen abysmal turnout across the state right. in, in uh, primary elections. Uh, sadly, we've seen abysmal turnout see in, in, yeah. in general
4: elections, yeah. uh, so that, that will
5: be Well, the we defendant. make it as
0: hard as we can yeah. for people to vote, so that telling, shouldn't be a the shock. the most
4: telling thing in this race is that he's spending advertising money on the ticket,
1: which tells me that they must feel like they're in pretty good shape, and he's trying right. to bring in friendly council members. All right, time now for winners and losers in the General Assembly. Big winner, Ann Delaney. Oh,
0: whoever the Democrats nominate for governor.
4: <laughs> Big winner, Mike. Education, clearly.
0: Oh.
1: John.
5: How about some of the regional cities which are going to benefit from this new initiative
3: that uh, will be an economic development boost?
1: The the governor's regional
3: cities plan? I think the LGBT community because there will be that movement next year uh, toward advancing on the, uh, the statewide level. Uh, protection as as a class, and I think that that's what's going to come out of this. I think they're a big winner. They're
1: the big winner, not only because they're going to be talking about next year, but because they won protections this year when nobody was talking about that at the beginning of the session. All right, big loser, Mike McDaniel. I think the RIFRA activists were the big losers. The, the, The conservative Christians. Yep.
0: Oh, I, I think the governor and the legislators who pushed RIFRA are the big losers.
3: Yeah, you know the, the legislators who pushed it have skated so far, but I well, think they're the not governor, up yet. I, well, that's right, and I think the governor has, as we noted earlier, gotten it from both ends now, and he's in a tough spot. I
2: would just
5: say Indiana's uh, reputation. It, 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 the state had worked so hard nationwide to build uh, the reputation, and I and, and it's it'll
1: get back there, but it's it was a blow. And Mike Pence gets most of the rap for that. He's got to be labeled the big loser here. All right, that's Indiana Week in Review for this week. Our panel is Democrat and Delaney, Republican Mike McDaniel, John Schwannis of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. If you'd like a podcast of this program, you can find it at WFYI.org slash IWIR, or starting Monday, you can stream it or get it on demand from Xfinity or Bright House Networks. I'm Jim Schella of WISH-TV. We'll see you again next week.
2: Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. AT&T. Working to
3: enhance connectivity in Indiana by investing in communication networks. Dedicated to helping Hoosier businesses grow and consumers succeed both at home and at work. AT&T. Rethink Possible.